We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lords by donating to the Future Full of Hope capital campaign at lordsdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Happy Sunday. How's it going? End of the day. It's been kind of up and down with the weather. Strange weather. Trying to ski, um, cross-country ski out here on the parking lot and in the park, and the snow starts melting. And then I I want to ride and run, and uh, snow comes back and freezes me. Um, Yeah, it's been strange. We got really excited. Is meteorologist Mike Nelson here? No? When I was a kid, we had... um, we had two celebrities come to our school when I was in elementary school, at Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran School, um, Shannon Sharp and meteorologist Mike Nelson. And I think we were more excited about meteorologist Mike Nelson than Shannon Sharp. Um, I guess there's something you get excited about people who can pretend to predict the weather in Colorado, no? Um, poor, poor guy, that's a hard job. Um, that has nothing to do with the homily. It's just comments on weather and meteorologist, I guess. So uh, I got to kiss the book. This is the gospel book. Um, it has all the gospel readings in here. And at the end of the, end of the reading, um, we say, praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. And I, uh, the priest or the deacon who proclaims the gospel kisses the gospel, um, grateful to God for the good news that we hear. And this is indeed great news. It's good news because Jesus offers us a different way of life that promises heaven. It's a way of life that gives hope to us and um, to all that will um, have eyes to see and ears to hear the voice of Christ and to see the presence of Jesus in the world. So it's a different way. It's a different way because um, we're human beings and we're fallen. We're kind of glorified animals with a big brain and... um, because we're fallen, we're like powerful animals, which is really dangerous because in the, the world, we know that the world, particularly this fallen world, is kind of a doggy dog. We use that term, doggy dog world, no? Survival of the fittest. Um, yeah. It can be kind of a dark place. Some think that that has something to do with um, people. So I have a uh, I, I had a phase where I was really into existential philosophers, of uh, modern existential philosophers. Do you know John Paul Sartre? Sartre. He uh, he at one point wrote this play called. Well, I shouldn't tell you the the name yet. I'll tell you the the plot. So people know that they've died, and then they end up in this elevator, and they just kind of wake up in this elevator, and they're with these other people there. There's like a handful of other people. And the, the story focuses from the, this perspective of this one man. But um, he knows he's died, and he's on, this, he's on this elevator. Well, they're kind of getting along, waiting. It's just taking too long, so they start interacting. And the people start annoying each other a little bit. And then they realize they're really frustrating each other. Some of the ways that they're acting is just really annoying and really um, angering. And this guy gets more and more angry, more and more angry at these people and just says, get me off of this elevator. Um, But time keeps going on and on and on. And uh, these people 
want to tear each other apart, but can't really, can't really do that because they're already dead. And um, eventually you realize that the, the name of this play is called No Exit, that there's no way out. This elevator keeps going up, but it's not going to stop. They're trapped in it together and forever. And uh, John Paul Sartre finishes his play by saying, hell is other people. Oh, <laughs> it's supposed to be a little disturbing. Uh, he was an atheist who uh, was very aware of the fallen nature of man. He said, oh, we kind of get along with each other, but really that's only because we get to pick who we're around. You get to make your own community as an adult, as a free person. You know? um, that you, uh, the wise one, finds people that are like them, that they get along with, um, have children, but you can kind of control your children to be at least as good as you can get them until they're gone. <laughs> and uh, you're born into a family, which is, tends to kind of get along because you get to interact with each other and form each other. Um, but really, when it comes to strangers, he says, if we were forced into a position of uh, community with uh, people that we didn't choose, that we would find ourselves in hell. And he was a pretty unhappy man. He didn't, his end wasn't very well. Um, that's a pretty harsh kind of perspective, but he's, he's, getting on, he's getting to something real about if it's just a survival of the fittest situation that we live in, then um, we either are the strongest one, and are, that's the very few, so probably most of us aren't, or we band together and find, uh, make, our, make our world with the choices that we make. Um, okay, so here's the problem. Jesus comes along, and he reveals heaven to us. And uh, heaven happens to be a community of love, a community of persons. And Jesus says that the Father has a place for you. He says, I'm going to form you into a family. And we realize, wait, okay, so we're headed for, we're destined for, um, a heaven that's packed with people. That heaven turns out to be a place with a lot of people where we love everyone perfectly, like God does, um, or at least as good as we can. God is, of course, different, but, um, but perfectly. And we love, we love everybody there perfectly. The problem is you and I don't get to choose who's in heaven, right? We, sometimes we think, okay, well, heaven is going to be whatever I want it to be. You know, in a perfect setting, and this is kind of how we think of it, then I can you know, eat Chipotle and ski all day long with my friends. With, you know, um, I can learn whatever I want, do whatever I want, be wherever I want, and all this stuff. And we don't know. We don't know anything except there's going to be all those people, and we're going to love them perfectly, and we're going to be in the presence of God. What if there's people there, since you don't get to choose, and I don't get to choose, what if there's people there that you don't want there? But you're going to love them perfectly. Um, I'm not ready for that necessarily. I might have preached this to you before with my afterlife preaching in Advent, but I want to return to this thought that some of us are not necessarily ready for that, loving perfectly. I'm not. If I died today, I would need purgatory. I'd need some sort of perfecting time um, to be ready to meet some people and love them perfectly. Because people have offended me. People have betrayed me. There's sin in the world. I've hurt people I'm embarrassed to encounter. You know, there's, this is part of the problem of life. There's people who really anger me. 
And mostly I can avoid them. But if, sometimes if I pick up a newspaper or I'm out at the grocery store or I'm driving along and they cut me off, I say, I don't want to love you perfectly right now. Um, there's all kinds of people out there like that. But we will love them perfectly. Um, this is heaven. And this is what we're destined for. That's a beautiful thing, and it's by the grace of God, because you and I aren't perfect, but by the grace of God, we have been saved, and we're destined for eternal life. It's owed to us. We're children with an inheritance that's owed to us. Um, that's an amazing thing. It's something you're not worthy of, and I'm not worthy of. Um, beautiful. But in the meantime, Jesus says, okay, but I want you, as a, a, the, my followers, to start Showing people that life like that is possible, that love like that is possible, that community is possible, that it's not that hell is other people, but heaven is other people, that this world can really begin to see the kingdom of God on earth um, through the grace of God and um, through following Jesus' teaching. So today he gives us the teaching that sort of sets the situation up where he's going to form this community that follows him into a community that gives hope for people, a community that loves each other in a radical way. Probably not perfectly, I think he knows that, but in a radical way that kind of challenges people and they're, um, I don't know, like John Paul Sartre, who's prone to despair and who's prone to say everything is just wild and uncontrollable with a little smile on it. No? Um, okay, so Jesus gives us some advice. The first piece is um, that we have to uh, kind of be the bigger person, right? So the first reading has, has David's enemy, King David, is being pursued by Paul, who's totally irrational. He's gone crazy. He throws a spear at him in the, um, in the courtroom, and then David flees, and now he's got a chance to, um, to kill him, you know, to ensure his safety. He has a madman who's coming after him, and now he's got a chance to ensure his safety. And he says, I have to pass on this because you know, he's sleeping, he's uh, unsuspecting, and that's God's anointed. Somehow, I have to um, walk away from this situation you know, and be, um, be the bigger person here. He knows that Paul's going to get up and keep pursuing him. It's dangerous. Um, I think in the very extremes of our life, when we find ourselves in a situation of hurt, you have to be a big person, and you have to do two things. One is take care of your safety. So don't stay in a situation where you're being, um, where you're being hurt constantly. Now, there's big situations like that, like very grave circumstances, where you need to get out, and you should get out tonight. There's other circumstances where you're dealing with the normal human problem of people, that they're going to hurt you, and we hurt each other. You're going to hurt them. And a lot of times you're going to have to be a bigger person and just say, I'm not going to take revenge. You probably deserve revenge, and I'm not going to take revenge, you know? Now, that's while protecting yourself, you know? Be, be safe, but then say, uh, I'm going to be a bigger person. Okay, and that looks a few different ways. Jesus gives it, points them out. Don't judge. He says, forgive, and then he says, be merciful. Okay, don't judge. He says, um, this is like 
um, somehow with the people that are around us that we don't know, you come into contact, somebody makes you mad, and you have to say, well, I don't know them. I don't know why they're doing this. It's wrong, but I'm going to try to forgive this quickly. Jesus says, forgive them, Father. They don't even know what they're doing. Something like that. You know, I'm going to let this go. I don't know them. I don't know what they're doing. Sometimes we have to do that for a while for people. And in fact, people are very mysterious, so you might have to do that for a long time with friends and community members, with uh, family. I don't understand, but I, I know they don't know what they're doing. No? Um, so you're not judging. And then there's this piece of, um, I know myself to be a sinner. So part of what we do, we practice at the beginning of Mass every time we say, I confess to Almighty God that I've sinned. You know, I'm not better than anybody else. I'm walking in grace. I'm pursuing the Lord. I'm trying to be saintly, but I sin. You know, and I got to admit that. You know? And uh, that helps us to work on this piece of don't judge. Uh, Jesus gives us an image, and it kind of works with both don't judge and forgive. So the next piece is, is forgiveness, um, knowing that people are going to continue to make mistakes. You know, you're going to be a bigger person. You're going to help people along in community, but then you're going to recognize that people make mistakes. So you've got to forgive, and you've got to ask forgiveness. I'm not very good at this. I do owe an apology to all of you for being late very regularly. Um, and I woke up the other day with a very stressful dream uh, where somebody was, was telling me, Father, you're v being very rude to everybody all the time, and you're, be you're a terrible person. And I had to, it took a while. You know, sometimes you wake up from those dreams, and you're like, is this real? Is this not real? And um, I, I mean, part it's true. You know, I don't think I'm a terrible person. I'm sorry for the ways that I've wasted your time, um, really. I don't want to do that, and I've been trying to work on it in ways. But we make mistakes, right? And we have flaws, and we have to recognize those things. This is one of my flaws I have to live with. It's, trust me, it's worse for me. <laughs> um, distraction, trying to get things right on time, trying to be there, uh, getting behind on stuff. This is a very little thing, though. You know that, no? Um, but little things can get on our nerves for a long time, you know? And so we have to forgive each other, living in community. We have to forgive each other. And we got to ask for forgiveness, especially for the little things, because it's a lot easier to get it that way and then to gain each other's trust. Say, well, maybe they'll forgive me for the bigger things. You know? And then Jesus gives us a, um, this image of the measure. Somewhere in between don't judge and, um, and forgive each other is this little piece. So he says, he says, Measure with a short measure, because the measure that you measure other people with, you will be measured with, right? And it's sometimes hard to visualize that, so I brought a visual. Our homiletics teacher told us not to use visuals. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It helps me. So here's a tape measure. I think what he's talking about is something like this. When... Um, we want each other to be perfect. We kind of know ourselves to be like potentially really good. And you are. You're good people. I know most of you. Some of you maybe not, but most of you are pretty good people. I'm a pretty good person. Not perfect. But um, we, we know that we make mistakes. And um, when, when we deal with the mistakes, we usually say something like this to, or, or feel something like this, even if we don't say it. It's like, 
you know, on this, on this measure, you're over here at the beginning. I want you to become an eight. Well, this isn't working. I got to do this way. Hold on. Okay. So I want you to get here. And if you can change that much, I will forgive you. But you got to change because what you're doing annoys me or it hurts me. It's very hard. And I expect you to change. Now, that's not entirely unfair. We're trying to help each other out. We're all trying to be better people. You kind of need help with that, right? But if we say, you got to get here, and in, in fact, to help someone right now is to help them to get like here, um, this might be a better expectation. And Jesus says, you don't, always see yourself perfectly. You might annoy other people. You might frustrate them. Your sins really do hurt them. And you want to give them the expectation that love comes here, not over here. Because you don't want to teach the people around you that to treat you the way that you wouldn't want to be treated. That is, you have to change with this seemingly impossible task, probably something you won't change until you're about 75, 80 years old, if at all, before heaven, um, before I'll love you, before I'll forgive you. Huh? Jesus says measure down here, yeah, the short measure. Give it, make, it, make it easier for people. Make it easier for people before you love them and before you forgive them. Um, and then they'll be easier on you when you make mistakes, and you probably will. So that's the measure. It has something to do with judgment. It has something to do with forgiveness. Finally, he says, he says, be merciful. And mercy, unlike, unlike the forgiveness, um, unlike the deferring judgment, is when you recognize a situation and somebody is wrong or a situation is... Um, kind of your loving somebody, your being at peace with them is more than they deserve, you know? Maybe it's before they reach that point of change. Maybe they won't change. Maybe you know that. Maybe um, they haven't earned your trust. They haven't earned your love. And you're going to give it to them. Well, that's what Jesus says when he says, be merciful. In fact, this line in Luke's gospel parallels another that I think is interesting. He says, um, be merciful just as your father is merciful. And he said, for he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. It's kind of an ex explanation of mercy, kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Okay, be merciful just as your father is merciful. This, um, this gospel of Luke parallels that of Matthew and often Mark, but in this case, Matthew. Do you know what the, the line says in Matthew? The same line. It's the end of the, the or kind of the center of the, uh, the uh, what is it called? The Sermon on the Mount. This is like Jesus' greatest advice. And he's giving all of these beautiful maxims and pieces of advice on the moral life. And at, at the center in Matthew's gospel, it says, Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. It's from Matthew 5. I have it quoted. Hold on. Father Brian's really good with the numbers, and I'm not. I'm supposed to be the Bible guy. Uh, Matthew 5, 48. 
yeah, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That comes from, um, it's kind of an echo of reworking that Jesus has done of you must be holy from Leviticus 19.2. For I, the Lord your God, am holy. So he's giving us kind of an explanation of holiness. Holiness in the Old Testament sense and generally means be different from this fallen world and be different in a way that's like God. But different isn't very specific. Um, holiness was kind of confused at the time. There's lots of debates about what is holiness, and I think that's why we get this advice from Jesus. He says, well, one of them is to be perfect. And this word uh, perfect is kind of intimidating because who can do that? Can any of us do that? Is that a fool's errand, even just to set our heart on that? Really, the, the word means be totally directed toward the right end. That is, to do the will of, doing the will of God. Get your whole life in, order, in the order of doing the right, um, doing the will of God. Dedicate yourself entirely to it. That's the kind of perfection. He says that's different. That's different than the life that tends toward um, selfishness, just wanting to get our own, wanting to survive, these kinds of things. Um, yeah. So Luke reworks this, and he says, be merciful just as your heavenly Father is merciful. And I'm not sure if he might have received Matthew's version and said, like I do, this be perfect thing is way too hard. So how about be merciful? God is also merciful. Maybe we, maybe we should imitate that piece when we get frustrated with the project of being perfect or expecting other people to be perfect. I like that. That's kind of true. Um, we don't want to deny the fact that, that Matthew has said be entirely directed to the will of God. Jesus sets the bar high. Well, but I think Luke is telling us something about when people don't make it, when you don't make it, you have to love yourself. You've got to love other people anyway. You've got to forgive. You've got to be deferent. You've got to serve them, even though they don't deserve it. Be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful. It's also possible that he's just defining holiness. Be holy as your Father in heaven is holy. What is different, what makes people different is mercy. You know, we have that phrase, to err is human, but to forgive is divine. This is what's different. This is what makes you different. This is what makes us a different community, um, that it's a community of mercy, a place of peace, a place of, where people forgive each other. So this is kind of the height, you know. I don't think, well, I shouldn't put us off the hook by saying um, we're not going to be judged on this. I think probably in part we will. But this is asking a lot. This is asking us to be like God and not like the human beings that we've been born as, no? Um, we have been given new birth. We've been given the Holy Spirit. We live by a different power. Um, and yet we know that this is still tough. Um, so I just want to um, thank the Lord for all the many graces that has transformed this community. I think I've known the Catholic Church and my experience of it, all the parish life, to be a place of love and forgiveness and of community, and in surprising ways. Well, um, we like to think that that's possible anywhere, but I think John Paul Sartre might be right about it to a certain extent. Um, we're being transformed. We still get to pick the places we want to be, the people we want to be around. Um, in heaven, we won't have that, but we're going to love perfectly. 
Jesus has set up this situation where we get to live a little bit of heaven now, and we get to show other people that God can love this way, that it's possible, that even we can love this way. So we ask the Lord uh, tonight, and um, yeah, we ask the Lord for the graces to um, forgive, to live in peace, to stop judging, and uh, to be merciful. And he'll give us those gifts. You know? He's promised us that gift perfectly in the life to come and then in little ways now. Um, and then we'll, we'll agree to and, and, and hope to cooperate with those graces from God. You know? um, this is the body of Christ in the world. That's a great mystery, but uh, part of that is being a light to the world in this way, a community of peace and love. I want you to think if there's anybody here that you need to forgive and forgive them. Forgive them quick. They don't deserve it. It's true. Forgive them. Um, you'll be more free. Your heart will be more free. Um, if, you, if there's anybody you need to show mercy to in your life, you have a very hard time forgiving, then um, ask the Lord to give you mercy. Ask the Lord to heal you. If you know of anybody that you judge regularly, tell the Lord, I don't want to do that, and help me this week not to judge. Um, the Lord has given us this better way. It's a hard way, so if you fail, don't be surprised. You know? it's, this is the most difficult kind of stuff that Jesus says. Turn the other cheek. Love your enemy. Strange. Um, otherworldly. Yeah. But this is the grace, and this is the, the possibility. There is a possibility that you will have no anger in your heart, that you will have perfect peace, that you will have forgiven all of those who have hurt you in the past, that you will love perfectly, um, even though your uh, weaknesses tell you that this is impossible. There's nothing impossible with God.